Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There is an award-winning book I want to tell y'all about. Down the Hill, My Descent into the Double Murder in Delphi, Susan Hendricks. And the foreword is by Kelsey German, the sister of one of the victims I'm sure y'all know. And normally, I will start this podcast with an antidote, but I'm not going to do that today. I'm going to start with something that I wrote for this book. I've watched my friend report, advocate, and support Abby and Libby's families with respect and dignity. The double murder in Delphi stopped being a story for Susan Hendricks from the first visit with Libby's family in their home. In the South, we know something incredible happens once you sit with someone at their kitchen table. From that tiny table to this book, Susan brings the family center stage in this victim-centered, family-oriented, loving story of Ohana. Susan is no longer a reporter. She is family. Cheryl Mack McCollum, crime scene investigator and host of Zone 7. Y'all, we are so fortunate tonight to have Susan Hendricks with us to talk not just about her book, but about anything she wants to. She has anchored CNN and HLN, You know we're from the Weekend Express. You know we're from CrimeCon. But I'm going to tell you something. From a class at Arizona State, when she heard Walter Cronkite, she changed her life. She knew in that moment, listening to that legend, that she wanted to cover the news. But what she has done so beautifully in that career is she has never lost who she is which is naturally a loving and caring person. She's a daughter. She's a sister. She's a wife. She's a mother. She's a good friend. And fortunately for me, part of my Zone 7. Cheryl, it's an honor to be on Zone 7, but it's also an honor. And I'm so grateful that you wrote that. I was tearing up as you read it again, because when you first sent it over, I read that out loud to my sister and my voice was cracking. It just means so much. Because you're right, in that kitchen, in Libby's kitchen, is where it changed for me and the way you were able to capture that and how poignant it was. Because I know how close you are to this story and to Kelsey as well. So it meant so much and it still does. Well, you know, I don't think you can hang out with her for five minutes without just going, I adore this kid. (laughs) And then, you know, to know what she went through and you have a sister and I have four sisters and we, we did that sort of thing. We all had that place that was special to us that was maybe through the woods and near a creek bed or a river. And I know you and your sister had a place that y'all went with a good friend of y'all's in the neighborhood. And you should have been able to do that. You should be able to go through the woods and find your little special place and, you know, gossip and tell secrets and have some fun and talk about boys or whatever you're doing without thinking somebody's going to come up to two 
little kids. I mean, you're talking about 13 and 14. They're little kids and murder them. Yeah, the best days really, when you think back on your teenage years, um, and you're right, my sister and I had a place, we called it the brook. Let's go down the brook. It was where we went daily. And there was two pipes down there, sewer pipes. One was high, one was low. I mean, it was our routine. I, I envision it right now in my mind about how much fun, how freeing it was. And the innocence of that town of Delphi just ripped apart on that day, on February 13th, when their bodies were discovered the next day. But just it showed how close the town was coming together. I remember Becky, Libby's grandmother, telling me, um, you know, Susan, even though the search was officially called off, as you know, and Sheriff Toblesenby said, look, it was just too dangerous, too dark down there, officially called off. But that didn't stop the town of Delphi. And Becky said there was kind of a dim glow from mm -hmm. all the flashlights looking for Abby and Libby. That, to me, signifies what type of town that is and how no matter what, even with the devastation the next day of finding the girls' bodies and through, I don't know, close to six years before someone was in custody, that town to me stuck together and really showed their strength. Agreed. And this whole thing was so unimaginable because I went to Purdue for a semester. It was an internship with the FBI. And so I felt like I kind of knew Indianapolis and I kind of knew the general area, but I had never heard of Delphi. Never heard of it. The first time I went, I had told Kelsey and some of the other folks, don't tell me anything. Let me see if I can find the bridge. Now, in complete transparency, I'm not Sacagawea, okay? If my husband says to me, hey, go to the west side of the house, I don't know where that is. <laughs> Wait, finally, I'm meeting someone that is the exact same way I am. An example in high school, a friend, Tom, of my sisters and I in high school, he would be driving, let's say, and this was an ongoing joke. Okay, ask Susie what they call me, left or right, I'd say right. Okay, we're going left because my sense of direction was zero. <laughs> zero. Yeah, me too. And so I even tell people in my profession, don't tell me you're northeast of Walmart. Tell me exactly where you are, because otherwise I'm going to drive around for a second looking for you. So I say that only because it's not about direction, but normally you can get into any town. I can. And you can find the landmarks. There's going to be signage. You're going to see, oh, there's the courthouse. There's a fire station. There's a police department. There's a hospital. Got it. But if they've got something that they're proud of, they don't hide it, right? When I got there, I saw nothing. I didn't see anything that was pointing me in this direction. There wasn't like this, you know, great sign with an arrow going, hey, you got to go here to hike to this fabulous bridge. So they finally led me to where you would go to park. And you know the bridge that is like a the freedom pedestrian. Bridge. Yeah, like yeah. the pedestrian bridge. But it says on there, the high bridge. So I'm thinking, that ain't it, because that's over a road. But again, you wouldn't know. Well, we finally park, and we walk, and we walk, and we walk. I was amazed. It did not look like I thought it was going to look, Susan. I didn't know there were houses to the left that you could see from the path. I didn't know the walkway was that far. And then when you get to this bridge, it almost looks like it's floating. Mm -hmm. And it's so high. And of course, my sister Charlene is with me. And of course, she wants to get on the bridge. And to me, it looks pretty rickety. I mean, there's boards missing. There's boards that have places that you can see that are rotted. And I'm like, I don't think that looks like something I want to participate in, particularly which again, to me, the man on the bridge, bridge guy, as they call him, he looked so comfortable. He had his hands in his pockets. He's way over to one side. To me, and I said this on Nancy Grace's show and every show I was on, it looks to me like he was turning back into the middle of that bridge, which to me, that meant he turned around. So he passed them and was coming back, in my opinion. But what was your opinion when you first got to the bridge? It changed everything for me. And you're absolutely right. I was with two CNN photojournalists. 
and Kelsey came with us. And I remember speaking of the kitchen, Libby's kitchen, Mike was there concerned because that is the place where Kelsey dropped off Abby and Libby. And to think about how difficult it was for her, this was in 2019 in February. And he said to her, he took her aside and I heard him say, are you okay to walk, go down there with them? And she said, yeah, I'll be okay. And we had done the interviews and everyone gathers all of our stuff. And we, we parked nearby and the photographer said to me, Lionel is one of them. He said, well, we, we have a new policy at CNN. We're not allowed to get arrested down here for trespassing because there was a big <laughs> sign. They didn't want any looky lose down there. So I said, well, I'm going to head off myself. I'm going to start walking towards the bridge because we were on the path at this particular time. And I heard my mom's voice in my ear saying, don't go anywhere alone. And she's always been the worrier. And I thought I, I heard her voice, though, because it started to feel ominous because I knew what happened down there in 2019. But nothing prepares you when you come up on it. Cheryl's, you're absolutely right, Cheryl, that it feels like it's floating. Not only is my sense of direction bad, but I'm scared of heights as well. And just seeing it, I pictured it just like you did to be completely different because Richard Allen, now what we think is Richard Allen on the bridge, according um, to him being in custody, is it seemed like a stroll like an everyday stroll, like it it wasn't going to be that high or that decrepit. So, but then you think back to that age, 13 and 14, you really don't have any fear. And I know that Libby had been down there several times and it, it was easy to her. To me, that said, and of course, Cheryl, as you know, it said to the investigators, it said to the FBI, this guy's from here. And it doesn't take much. All you have to do is kind of figure out where is this? Because it's not right there. It takes a while to get to. And once you see it, the massiveness of this, you realize, okay, he knew this area. He knew how to get here. And he knew how to walk that bridge. And not only was he from there, he was right from there. He wasn't 30 miles away. He wasn't 100 miles away. He wasn't two miles away. Because again, most perpetrators... Do not make the crime more difficult. Well, this person, broad daylight, other people were around. He's going to go on a bridge that is rickety and extremely high, no rails, and take them where? I mean, that, that to me tells me that this was pre-planned, that he knew where he was going to be taking them. And plus, he picked two people at a time, not one. And it does make you wonder, and I remember Paul Holes mentioning this to me, saying once he saw it, exactly what we were saying, he understood so much more once he was able to see it and walk down the hill. He said he had questions before going to the bridge, wondering why go down in that particular area. Then he realized once he saw everything and saying, okay, that bridge was the weapon. This man decided he was going to trap someone or I don't know what this person had in mind. Was it going to be one? Was it going to be two? Did he see the three and decide that was too many and then see Abby and Libby? Was it a crime of opportunity? I believe yes, but I believe, like you said, it was planned in his head, not necessarily Abby and Libby, but the plan to do something like that. And that was the perfect place in his mind. And I think he knew exactly where he was going to take them and everything. And, you know, again, as a criminologist, you always think, what was their switch? When did that flip? And we had video and we had audio. Did that not blow your mind when you first saw him and then heard his voice? Mm -hmm. Oh, it, there's nothing like this. I think that's why it gained so much traction, if you will, because there's no rhyme or reason at times on, on what particular stories stand out what someone is drawn to and why. But with this, knowing at first at CNN, we called it the Snapchat murder because that's what they were calling it because of the Snapchat picture of um, Abby that Libby, I don't know the terminology, snapped and, and put out there in the bridge. So that's what it was called early on at CNN. Um, but being down there was just so different to see. And I'm, I was wondering, okay, now that someone is in custody, I thought, Looking back at that time, 44 years old at the time now, I believe Richard Allen's 51, innocent till proven guilty. But could someone go their whole lives, Cheryl, and not do anything if he doesn't, no criminal background that we know of, 
could someone just make that decision? And I remember being asked myself, is this random? I think not necessarily random because he knew that area. He knew that place and he knew where he was going to take his victims. I agree. And he didn't take them 10 feet. I mean, he walked them a minute. And if you listen to the voice, it's calm down the hill. I mean, he's already made the decision. It's done at that point. There's no turning back. And, you know, I I tell this often. When I was little, I thought monsters were just enraged and loud and were out of control. And it shocked me as I got older and started to study that, no, they're often very calm and quiet. And I thought, how can monsters be quiet? But they are. And they don't look the way you expect someone capable of doing this to look. Absolutely don't. In our heads that yep. they're going to look a particular way. Maybe it's like a Charles Manson type once he was in prison. They don't. They can be your neighbor, as we saw with BTK. They could be someone who's in the community. They can be someone who has a family who would never imagine that this would happen. And back to Libby hitting that record button, her grandfather Mike said to me, you know, Susan, I think that she, if she came home that day, she was going to say, Grandpa, look at this creepy guy on the bridge. And think about the wherewithal that Libby had, knowing something was off. We all have that gut feeling. And that's what's so horrifying and heartbreaking to think about what those girls went through, the, the fear. They knew something was off being able to hit record. And at that April press conference, Cheryl, when the change of direction, the new sketch, when I heard guys That sounded, I say that, it sounded like someone to me who had kids might be, I thought at the time, maybe it's a teacher, I don't know, guys, friendly. It it wasn't an angry voice that you would expect to hear. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S., That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Things that stuck out for me, of course, was the calm, the tone, the accent. But then the real hero in this thing is Libby. She gave law enforcement a video and audio, and the exact time, and the exact place, and that to me is such a money tree. And then to your point, we go almost seven years, Mm -hmm. and nobody in that town recognized him. Nobody recognized that voice. That's what blew my mind, because even when I talked to the superintendent through the years, 
I always told him he's right there. Unless he's just living in a basement and he doesn't come out much and he's kind of a recluse and people don't know him. But then when we find out he's at CVS. I believe that Superintendent Doug Carter, looking back on kind of through the years and the amount of interviews he's given and and just so supportive of those working on this case telling me, look, Susan, people put off retirement. He never took credit for anything. He said, this isn't me. I'm proud to be here. These investigators working night and day and the FBI coming there, they all wanted to solve this. And from the outside, if you've never been to Delphi and if you don't see the bridge and it's not clear, you think, why can't they get the guy right? Well, it was from far away, the video that Libby did take. So his face, as you may have seen, is blurry and pixelated almost. And you look at the Navy jacket, what appears to be Navy. Um, and a lot of people in Delphi have the jacket. It looks like a lot of men in Delphi. It truly does. Okay. I was going to ask you that next because we go to the bridge. After we're done, we go to a local diner. Everybody looked like him? Yes. On Main Street, was it? Do you remember? Right on Main Street. Yeah. And everybody had like those boots and jeans and that almost blue jean Carhartt jacket and some type of hat or covering. And I'm like, my Lord. That could be him. That could be him. That could be him. So that changed everything for me, too, because it's like, all right, maybe it's not that easy. The farming, the weather, this is how a lot of people dress. It's how a lot of people look. So maybe it's more difficult. So, again, I think going and seeing it, yeah, the bridge is higher and it's much longer. Wasn't it longer than you ever imagined? Oh, So much longer than I even could picture or grasp, even when you see it, it seems to go on forever. And I think that obviously he knew that and looked at it, I believe, as the perfect trap to trap whoever the victims were on the other side of the bridge. And you mentioned everyone looking like each other. Even Sheriff Lesenby said to me, no stone was unturned, meaning he said he was questioned twice. So because he said, Everyone in this town could tend to look like it. Even Mike joked. He was questioned. He said, I want them to get everyone out of the way, question everybody as much as you need to, to truly find the right person. And you know this, Cheryl, more than most. Isn't it obviously more difficult to solve something like this if there is no connection? Meaning, was it the husband or the wife or the cousin? Meaning, if they're not connected in any way. Correct. Because you have no piece of a puzzle. You don't have, oh, well, they were just with their ex-husband. You know, that could be a clue. <laughs> yeah. Right, or right. they were, you know, last seen at this party and we've got a bunch of witnesses maybe. In this situation, we had some witnesses that saw somebody walking, but again, not somebody that was connected, not somebody that could say, oh, that was Fred so-and-so. So we didn't have that. And then the composites, oh, my Lord. You have one composite, everybody's looking for this guy, it's put out everywhere, and then suddenly there's a second, and it's a much younger person. Looks very different than the first composite. So here's what I want to get to. You have covered so many major things, but this case drew you in like no other, and you just, you had to write a book. You had to put on paper about this case and about this family and about these two young girls and law enforcement. I mean, you have included everything and so many important people. You've already mentioned Paul Holes, but you had other people that were talking to you and trying to help you frame things about this perpetrator and the victims. So tell us when you said, okay, I'm writing a book. And then how did you start? Well, I got very good at compartmentalizing working at CNN 17 plus years. Before that, I was a local reporter in California. And as a journalist, you go out, you listen to the scanners back in the day, and you're there usually after law enforcement and what I saw and what you see and the stories. and But you're also thinking about, okay, I'm live at 5 p.m., 6 p.m., 11 p.m. I have to gather all of this. I have to edit. I have to. So you're able to compartmentalize while keeping busy. And you never get too close because of the news cycle, the way it moves and you keep going. And even with, unless it's um, highly reported on, like let's say the Casey Anthony 
uh, trial, of course, and before that, before her arrest with Kaylee missing. So something like that, of course, we're on it 24-7. But with the stories going through the news cycle, you rarely check back with them, especially in local news, too. I, I see people outside of, of work and uh, those who watch the show, I was on a morning show, would say, whatever happened to that one person um, whose daughter, this happened to her. And I wouldn't know because the next news cycle happens. Well, with this, it was very different because I was sent there to Delphi and I'm so grateful that I was. Uh, I remember being told by a producer, oh, we're sending you to Delphi. And I said, oh yeah, the, the Snapchat murders with the, vi with the video on the bridge, the girl who took the cell phone footage. Yes. Uh, but then being welcomed in there and getting to know these families, not just, hi, I'm Susan Hendricks, we're rolling, look at the camera, just talk to me, everything's fine, and then moving on. It was, like you said, back to the kitchen table, my cooking spaghetti with meat sauce and just acting. I got a glimpse of what the family was with Libby there because of what they showed me on Facebook video of, of Libby. La there was a crack in a watermelon. This video stood out to me and she tried to break it open and it, it, it did break open and she kind of fell back <laughs> laughing and she had a Superman <laughs> t-shirt on. So I felt like that family felt. I felt mm -hmm. like I was on the other side of the camera and, and viewing their pain differently than I viewed it from being on the other side of the camera. And it was, it, it changed me significantly in a good way as a journalist, as a mom, as a person. And you look at them and you think these families, oh my gosh, everything they're going through. Well, they're getting through this. You actually learn from them. You're actually in awe over the family members, how they're able to wake up the next day to keep going, especially in this case, to keep looking for the man on the bridge. So it changed me significantly. And once I decided to write the book, then I thought, oh, no, I, I really want the family members to, um, I, I wanted to write something that they would be proud of, a different perspective from their perspective. And that's why it meant so much to me with Kelsey writing the foreword. It was, in my eyes, her blessing and her perspective. She has a story to tell, and I hope that she tells it someday because from her perspective is very differently. This is from mine through the eyes of the family and what they went through throughout. I'm going to read just a little bit from the foreword, if that's okay with you, because I, I think it's so important for people to hear from Kelsey. Growing up, it was Libby and me against the world. During our parents' divorce, we never knew whose house we would be at or when, and eventually we moved in with our grandparents. Throughout all of it, Libby was my constant. We went through every high and every low together. I always thought that it would be inevitable that she would be with me through everything life brought our way. That was until February 13, 2017, when life as I knew it came crashing down and turned into the kind of nightmare that until that moment, people in small town Delphi had only heard about on television. Anybody that is a sister has a sister, I should say, that bond is different than a brother. They're both fabulous. They're both fantastic, but they're different. And I think that sister has that almost mothering instinct with the younger sibling. And I think that's what gives this level of comfort and love and protection. And I mean, it's hard for me to even really put into words because I'm the younger sister. And I have four mamas, you know, <laughs> and I always felt like, oh, everything's going to be okay because they're there. To me, it's almost a gift that she got to be with her till that last moment. And I've tried to express that to her that she's a bigger sister. She's the older one. No, I'm not going to take y'all. I've got things to do. I'm going to go see a friend. Then I'm going to go to work. You know how you do. And then as that older sister, she said, no, you know what? I've told her no. They just want to go have some fun. I'll take you, but I can't pick you up. It was just that innocent. It was just that loving, kind, I'm going to go out of my way to do something for her so she can have a great day. That's all it was. And you never think it's ever, ever think it's the last time you'll see that person ever. It was in the middle of the day, as we have said several times, 
dropping them off. Becky Patty has said to me, they asked me and I said, yes, because it, they're off their tablets. It's something fun. It's outdoors. Why would you ever think that anything bad would happen there? You wouldn't. It was the innocence of two young girls. And Kelsey, after that, of course, being thrust into this position of being her sister's advocate and her life changing and being questioned by the authorities that she said early on last went to see her sister and Abby and just everything she was thrown into. And I remember this stands out to me walking down to the bridge with her on that February day and saying, realizing just how mature she seemed, but innocent in a way at the same time and just so sweet and nice and I, and saying she wanted to study, be kind of help others and study forensics or what have you. And she was, I, I believe it, Purdue at the time. Um, I just said, you know, if you went down a path that wasn't this path, people would understand, meaning turning to things that would numb you. People would understand. And she said, I, I, I was, what helped her, she said, I'm sure she told you as well, to connect with people at CrimeCon who really knew what she was going through, who felt that gut-wrenching loss and who could say, it's okay, you're going to be okay. You need to be strong for Libby. And that's when she said she gained her voice and was able to move forward. But it stood out to me in Austin, meeting Kelsey several times, but this was in Austin in 2021, I believe. And we were all sitting out at a restaurant and she was engaged to Caleb and said, you know, I, I won't have kids until he's found. I can't almost in a way kind of reiterating it to herself. And I didn't say anything. I wanted to, but I didn't, I, I felt like she had made that decision. She was just kind of reiterating that statement. And it made me realize that she, everything in their world stopped. That was their mission. That was their purpose. They wanted to find the guy in the sketch. And when the sketch changed to the younger looking guy, they just regrouped the families did talk about strength and just kept handing out those flyers. But with Kelsey, and she just had a little baby girl this summer, Ellie, mm -hmm. and it's so great to see. And <laughs> I, I feel like once someone was in custody, you know, it hasn't been smooth sailing by any means about the legal process and where we are now. But to think, okay, if he's charged with this, again, innocent until proven guilty, I felt like it almost allowed Kelsey to exhale, if you will. Never forgetting Libby. That was their biggest fear. Even Becky said, look, when the insurance cards come, it's the little things and her name's no longer on there. It, it's those things that eat away at me. And that's my biggest fear. And I believe that she, of course, and Abby as well, will never be forgotten. You and I are both mamas. We both have daughters and sons, but the daughters specifically. Kelsey was 17. I mean, just think back what you were doing at 17. I mean, it's cheerleading practice. What boy smiled at you? And what are we going to wear to the dance? I mean, that's it. There should be nothing more important than that. Not the national spotlight. Um, I remember her telling me that she was on Dr. Phil and she was so nervous. Everything was new to her. The, the murder, she was still trying to, she said for a while, it was almost like a numbing feeling, like it was surreal. Not It didn't register, of course, being 17 years old, that you wouldn't see your sister and Abby ever again. And um, just where she is now. But forever changed, of course. And the families didn't ask for this. The media in Delphi, the whole town of Delphi, um, being the focus of this investigation of what happened to those two girls. And criticized, too, which is another side to this. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 
24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. I do want to talk about something positive and that's when, you know, you hosted them at CrimeCon more than once, and they've been a part of CrimeCon since Indianapolis. And I know Kelsey and I, when she was talking about Purdue and what she wanted to major in, and, you know, she was going to study and maybe become a victim advocate or work in forensics like you're talking about. And I said, well, honey, look around. I mean, you've got Nancy Grace and Vinnie Politan and Kim Goldman and <laughs> Susan Hendricks and Paul Holes. Any of those folks, the, the ladies from the Golden State Killer are all her friends, too. And I said, think of the paper you could write and the people you could quote. I mean, you're sitting on a gold mine that your professors are going to think, this has got to be a lie. There's no way this child knows these people and can get them on the phone. But that's who Kelsey is. She is unassuming and she's quiet, if not almost shy. But once you break that and you become her friend, she's fabulous and, you know, she's funny and smart and just her heart, I mean, it still belongs to her sister, but, you know, she has helped so many other people that people don't even know about. So intelligent and and thinking about the pain that she did go through could be her purpose. It is her purpose. Her pain is her purpose. And the people that she can help because of the pain that her and her family have gone through. Um, I remember it was October 31st, Richard Allen was in custody. The press conference 2022 was that morning. That night, hosting a panel I did. Uh, Paul Holes was on there, superintendent. Doug Carter I interviewed, uh, Mike and Becky as well. And Becky just looked, and I know you know this, just so defeated in a way. And she had said to me on the phone when I called her the night before, I don't know what my purpose is anymore. And I said, well, I've seen it. I've, I saw your purpose. It's a, you're helping others. It makes me tear up, but it, it just, it was a shift of course. Cause I think of course, every morning she woke up putting on Facebook today is the day that was their purpose to find this guy. And I think that gave them the strength to kind of move forward. But I remember Paul pointing this out, and I'm sure you've seen it. It's like that's another stage. Once you you see a face, or once it, it's a different it's a different aspect to this. And I think Mike said to me, he's an action kind of a guy. He said, "Okay, it's time for us to regroup. Someone's in custody. Still keep those calls coming in." That family was still moving forward with helping and doing what they could do, what was in their control. Well, you know, I preached to the younger detectives and rookies. Once an arrest is made, the real investigation begins. It doesn't stop. The investigation does absolutely not stop at arrest, and nor should it. But again, in your book, you beautifully add what Superintendent Doug Carter said at the press conference. And I just want to quote that when he said, First, I'd like to speak directly to Anna, Mike, Becky, Kelsey, and your extended families, along with the entire Delphi community, that certainly has grown and now includes our nation and even many countries around the world. I am proud to report to you that today was the day. For all of us that followed Becky on social media, every single day she posted, today could be the day. And suddenly, today's the day that he was arrested. So I know as you're writing this book and that happens, 
that's just a whole nother chapter. You got to jump on immediately. Yeah. I, uh, as you were, um, quoting the superintendent, I, I really admire him in a way of what he, how he handled this. It certainly wasn't easy. I mean, he had, you name it, every media outlet saying, what's going on? Why isn't anyone in custody? And I remember asking him, I have the book open to that chapter that night. Um, I said, something stood out to me. Uh, you said in the press conference, you believe that good outweighs evil. Do you still believe that? I asked him. He said, I do. You know, very personally, before my dad died, he made me promise not to become cynical like him. And I was proud to report to him in 2018 that I'm not. And will to this day, I'm not. I really do believe after all of these years in this business and seeing such horror and tragedy, and the list goes on and on, that good always, always comes through evil. And today's an example of that. So his father in law enforcement as well saying, don't become cynical like me, don't do it. And he had a way of saying, look, I'm not letting this guy win. Whoever did this is not winning. They're evil. But overall, the good of this town of Delphi and the country overall, good does outweigh evil. I thought that was poignant. He's absolutely right. And love wins. So you're talking about one person, one person did this that we know of right now, one person. How many people have gone to Delphi to help? Not just from Delphi, but how many other people have gone there? You've gone there. I've gone there. I know several people from law enforcement agencies across the country that went to try to help because Delphi had never had a child murdered that wasn't directly related to family, and they certainly had never had a double murder. So there were people across the country that have had that situation that thought, hey, let me give them just what I've got. And if they can use it, great. And I'll just tell you one quick story. There was a person that is a accent expert that works for Disney. I didn't know him, never met him, but I contacted him. And I said, look, I've got a short little audio. He just says a couple of words, but there's a few things that stick out to me. But I'm not an expert. I just know in Georgia there's some things I wouldn't say. And he said, what is this? Four. And I said, well, two little girls have been murdered. He said, okay, don't tell me anything about it, but send me the audio. And I did. Instantly, he wrote back and said, it sounds like rural Indiana. So I contacted them and said, look, I don't know if this is going to help you or not, but the expert says this person sounds like rural Indiana. I know that people did that because I've talked to hundreds and they're all like, hey, I sent him this, or I told him that, or I thought this about the bridge, or I thought that about the way he's got his hands. And, you know, when you start really focusing on minute details, and this is what you do, and you do it instinctively, so much starts to play through your head. And for me, driving around that town, the town is beautiful. It looks like a movie set. And especially in the fall, oh my gosh, it is so tremendous. And then you meet the people and they're exactly what you think. They're exactly what you've heard your whole life about middle America, salt to the earth. They are unbelievably so. That's so true. And, and thinking of the Abby and Libby Memorial Park that was built, um, it started as an idea within both families saying, oh, how about a softball field in their name? And Mike said it was something finally to focus on that wasn't the investigation, that wasn't the search for the guy in the bridge, that wasn't it with the media. It was about the girls and, and never forgetting and the amount of volunteers that they got. Um, Eric, Abby's grandfather said to me, you know, Susan, there was someone there who had a tractor and he was really into helping. He was all in. We didn't, I didn't know if he knew Mike, no one really knew him. And then he shared his story and said that his brother was murdered and it was unsolved. And for him, it, it was a way to heal. And they've done that through with um, Abby's Angels, Anna, Abby's mom started, and just a way of saying, okay, this horrific thing happened. What can we control? How can we continue to put good out there? And we've seen it continuously through the almost six years before someone was in custody. I mean, they've had people show up. They, Kelsey was telling me that when they were putting the playground equipment together, like a fraternity showed up. Like, here's all these young guys saying, hey, we want to help 
you know, put this together for, you know, all the future kids that are going to play on it. And I just thought, again, there are these people, Kelsey's age, they're still young that cared enough to come out. The professional basketball team gave and gave and gave. So I I think, again, if you you look to what the legacy is going to be, it's going to absolutely be a legacy of love. That's all there is to it. Yeah. And I remember during the reward kept growing and growing and and there were a couple anonymous donations to this, just hoping, okay, we don't feel like we have any control here. Maybe this will help. Maybe this will nudge someone. And back to the investigation, I think that that's what uh, that law enforcement was hoping for. That's why, and you mentioned a piece of the puzzle earlier. That's what they always said. We just need that one piece. And I think they were relying, relying saying, okay, he's from there because of what we assessed at the bridge, relying on a family member to say, oh, that's my cousin. I know that walk. That's my dad. That's my husband. And that call never came. So I I think it was almost the perfect storm of having people wanting to help. And at the press conferences, law enforcement saying, just make the call. Abby and Libby need you. We all need you. Make the call. And people were calling in. It just, the tips weren't I don't know if reliable is the term, but sometimes I, I remember Sergeant Kim Riley said to me, you know, sometimes we get a tip that says, I saw a guy on a bus in Greyhound, in, a Greyhound bus in Florida. I saw a guy and it, it looked like the sketch and that's all the information he got. So people wanted to help. The intention was there, but they just never got as far as we know. I don't know what happened specifically that led to the arrest of Richard Allen, but throughout those years, that tip that they needed just never came in. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. It took 11 years to get to the sale. The NYX anniversary sale is on now at knix.com. Celebrate the intimate apparel company that has reinvented products for real life with one of NYX's biggest sales of the year. Get 30% off all leak-proof apparel from the number one leak-proof brand in North America, including period underwear, swimwear, activewear, and more. Millions of people have made the switch to NYX leak-proof underwear, and there's never been a better time for you to try. Save 30% on super-comfortable, machine-washable, and great-looking underwear that's perfect for periods and light bladder leaks. Choose from a variety of colors, styles, and sizes, from extra small to 4XL. You can even match your leak-proof underwear with an incredibly supportive and comfortable NYX wireless bra. Don't miss this chance to stock up on your NYX favorites or try something new. It only happens once a year at NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com for the NYX anniversary sale. Hurry, the sale ends on Monday, May 13th. Go to NYX.com. That's K-N-I-X.com. Well, I want to say something to you personally. And that is this. In law enforcement, we're told, don't get invested. Don't befriend the family. You've got to stay, you know, stoic and detached so that you can properly work something. I've always disagreed with that, primarily because I couldn't help it. (laughs) I mean, if I get drawn to somebody and I like them and befriend them, I mean, I can't, that's not something I can control. Because you're kind and empathetic, right? And it's it's difficult to not. It is impossible. And and here's what I think is such a gift. And this is what I want to say to you. What I know for a fact you have done for that family, all the families involved, the extended family and law enforcement. If this was just one of those, it's on the, you know, conveyor belt. I'm going to report on it. Oh, there was a fire at 16th Street. Then you move on. Oh, there was a drive-by shooting at, you know, the plaza. And you're moving. And you don't go back. 
those people don't have a support system outside other people that are hurt. Kelsey can call you today. You can go there for the trial, and she has a support system that's not somebody that's going to fall apart. And I think that is a gift that you have given her. Plus, you've put it in a book that is so beautifully written that this is something she can show Ellie. If she can't talk about it fully, Ellie has the book. What you've done there is for their family, historically preserved the truth. And and I know that you have a similar relationship to the family as well. I mean, you were just the most kind and empathetic person in law enforcement I've ever met, but just the way you bring people in and you draw people in. And that was what was most important to me is because in all the other stories we cover, even let's say Lacey Peterson, we only had that one image. Remember of her, she was pregnant. And this is before, of course, social media, where we tend to have more now to show who these people are. But that was important to me because Abby and Libby are so much more than what they are on that wanted poster. So much more. We saw Abby with the hat. Well, she made it with her mom. It it was for a wedding they were going to, um, the New Orleans theme. And just hearing Diane and back to the how much law enforcement really connected with the families here, for those who say otherwise or wrong, that Diane said, look, I see screensavers on law enforcement phones. It's Abby and Libby. They think about it daily, just like we do. And so that was important to me to, I remember looking through Libby's Facebook page, which is now Memorial. You can go on there and, and write about memories or, or what have you, or read about Libby. And what stood out to me the most was her relationship with her aunt Tara and just how funny Libby was. She would say, she would get into Tara's page and say, Libby's my favorite. The contest is over <laughs> joking in that way. And you really felt like those girls, you got the essence of them. I wanted to portray that in the book, 13 and 14 years old. Now my daughter's 14. When I covered this, when this happened, I remember looking through my pictures and saying, where was I on the 13th? What was I doing in 2017? And there's a picture of Emery that comes up and we're baking cupcakes. It's sad, but it's like, they don't get that anymore. Thanks. Absolutely. And you know, Caroline, she is Libby's age. So every time I've ever gone, I mean, she always goes with me at CrimeCon. That's when she first met you. <laughs> you were you were walking fast. I think you had a session or something. And Caroline's like, do you think she would take a picture? I said, I think so, but she looks kind of busy. Honey, you stopped. You took pictures with her. She was thrilled out of her mind. Um, you know, but Kelsey, I think, had just this natural draw to her because she knew that age. She knew that you know, kind of way of talking and things that, you know, Caroline was interested in was a lot like Libby. And, you know, every time I've gone to CrimeCon or to Delphi, Caroline's been with me and they have a special relationship that they will laugh about things. And the day of the press conference, when they announced the arrest, Caroline and I were there. And afterwards, Kelsey was so adorable, but she was like, y'all want to go to the dog pound, which is a bar. And Caroline <laughs> said, she said, well, I'm not 21. She went, this is Delphi. Come on. So I love it. And then afterwards, Kelsey said, I want to go to the bridge. And Caroline said, let's go. And it was the first time she was able to go to the bridge. And she told us, I know he's not here. I know he's not watching. So again, all these layers of like freedom and relief. But then it comes with, like you said, the reality of, I've seen his face. I know he's talked to me at that CVS. Oh, yeah. When, when Becky told me that, because I called after I heard about the arrest, and, and she said, I'm at my nephew's wedding, hold on, and calls me from the hall. And I said, oh, I don't want to interrupt. She said, no, it's, it's all anyone's talking about anyway. And Tara, Tara recognized him. The day of the funeral, she went into CVS and she was crying, of course, getting pictures of Libby for near the casket. And he said, it's on me. And for close to six years, they had been at any stoplight. You look over, could that be it? Could this be it? Never thinking the person was right in front of you. And as you said, hearing that voice and 
getting that analysis, knowing that from Delphi, talk about hiding in plain sight. That's exactly where he was. Allegedly innocent until proven guilty, but the arrest, I mean, for all those years and the suspects and the names, I, I don't say suspects because no one was officially named a suspect or even really a quote unquote person of interest that they were willing to talk about, but never an arrest. That to me was telling finally someone's in custody and now it's a whole other, the, the process, the judicial system of where we right. go from here. And Paul said, expect delays. And that's what we're seeing. Oh, yes. No, he, let me tell you, he knows. And I love that you're using the word allegedly, but I also want to throw out, he's confessed five times. Yes. That's, I'm glad you mentioned that. That gets lost. And those who choose to believe that it's not him and there's theories out there and there's open forums and what have you, I would just wait for what we hear in the courtroom once we get there. But absolutely, I think the Odinist theory and all of that came out, the memorandum, to me, disguised as a request for a Frank's hearing, which was really the ability to, I don't know, interfere with the gag order or what have you, or put their theories out there. Just my opinion. But, right, it, it, we were talking about the confession on a tablet in prison, and everyone knows that it's recorded or it tells you or what have you, that he confessed. And, and Nick McClellan mentioned that. And at the time, his attorneys, um, Baldwin and Rosie mentioned that too, that yes, he did. And then turn around and say, it's because of how poorly he's being treated, like a prisoner of war. So all of a sudden it went away. And, and if he's admitting to that, I'm assuming it will be used in court. And what is he saying now? So it'll be interesting, but that we will see in court. Well, here's what I'm most interested in. He confessed how? Because if he said anything to his wife or mother that was not public knowledge, if he said how they were laying or what he did first or who he killed first or how he did it or, you know, what some of the evidence that has come out you know, what, what was it? What were you doing with sticks? What were you carving? What, you know, how was somebody dressed? If he says anything that we don't know, because they've never officially released the cause of death. I can tell you what I think. I can tell you that I think their throats were cut. But if he said, I cut their throat, that's very different than saying, okay, I killed them. Anybody can say that. But the detail, because he did it five separate times to his wife and mama. So you would think those would be the two people that he'd be like, I, you know, I didn't do it. You know, I'm not capable. That ain't what he said. That's a good point. So if, and I, I do remember hearing that his wife ended the call abruptly. I don't know if it was on a, a phone or a tablet or what have you, but I know that they, the prisons have to tell you it's recorded. Um, but you're right. If anything was specific in there that only the killer would know. And law enforcement got a lot of criticism, Cheryl, in this, as you know, saying, tell us more. We need more information. But what if they did? What if they said there was an unspent bullet? And it is Richard Allen. What do you toss the gun? I mean, so the investigation, there's a lot of they asked the public for help. They wanted their help. Tip line, Abby and Libby Nietzsche, they said on several occasions. But it doesn't mean that we have the right to say what we deserve to know as the public because we don't. It's their investigation. Now it goes to a court of law where they have to try this case, the prosecution. So the criticism, I think, was unnecessary during. Um, but I, I digress, right? The, the confession four or five times that they both mentioned, it'll be interesting to see what happens um, in terms of if the now new appointed attorney stay on. I, I want a fair trial. And I remember the families, of course, saying this, that they want a fair trial for Richard Allen as well. Why would they ever want the wrong person to be in custody? They don't. That was their biggest fear during this lengthy investigation was if he's capable of this, and the superintendent obviously said it over and over and said it to me as well, if they're capable of this, they're capable of doing it again. And that was the biggest fear. Our friend Barbara McDonald has preached that from the beginning. You want everything perfect. You want him to have the best trial possible, no mistakes. And she's right. Everyone deserves that, a fair trial. And the evidence has to be shown. I don't think we know all of it in the probable cause affidavit. I don't know if it's just that unspent bullet. What did they find during that search? 
were hoping to learn during this trial is exactly what evidence they have and what finally led to them. And I love that story about you and Kelsey at the bridge. It just, I feel like that was a turning point for her. The thing that I found, I, I, I think that I've learned and that I've been able to assess from reporting on the murders of Abby and Libby is the community that we spoke of that is supportive to Kelsey and just the crime community uh, who I've been able to meet, who I've been able to connect with. It's under the worst circumstances that you do, as you said, Cheryl, love wins, that you find these connections that are something that it's hard to describe. It's, it's healing and it's supportive and it's saying, okay, this is an evil, horrific act, but this isn't the end of it. We're here to support you, whether we've been through it ourselves or we know someone who has. And Diane, Abby's grandmother, said that to me. You know, Susan, people just look at me. They come up to me at CrimeCon. It's kind of an unspoken word. They look at me and I know they've been through something similar. So what I'm able to see through meeting various families who have gone through the worst of the worst is that the strength is undeniable and it, it truly is inspiring to see. Kelsey's husband, Caleb, they are such an adorable couple and they're so supportive of each other. And I think he has been such a source of strength that, again, for somebody so young is just incredible. But the last time Caroline and I were there after the announcement of the arrest and all, Kelsey said, do you know, I hadn't been back into the CVS. I, I hadn't been back to the bridge and all that. So we rode. I was driving and I just pulled into the CVS and she was like, I ain't going in there. And she started laughing. Ironically, there was a, a poster on the outside. They were looking for an employee, like, you know, come in and apply. And I said, I will give you $100 cash if you go in in there and apply for Richard Allen's job. <laughs> and now you see Cheryl's, you probably already know if you're listening to this, but her sense of humor. I love that. Was Kelsey <laughs> cracking up? She was cracking up. So she got out of the car and she did this cute pose where she's pointing at the, you know, employment poster. And I said, that's what I'm telling you. Take this town back. We are going to go to his house. We're going to go into the CVS. We're going to go to the bridge. Let's just burn this town down, honey. You know, <laughs> and uh, I mean, she's so cute, you know, and she's again, I mean, I'm 60. She's, you know, at the time, I guess, 19 or 20, 21. Well, I guess she had to be 21. But again, just that fun, you know, and of course, Caroline is like, Mom, we cannot go to his house. I'm like, dude, he's in jail. I mean, <laughs> who's going to tell us we can't? You know what I mean? Let's let's go to these places she's been unable to go to. There's no fear. And to me, that's healing. She has you, Cheryl. You are a friend who who can laugh. I mean, she, you're right. When this occurred, 17, 18, 19, think of those formative years. And Feeling guilty, she has said to me at times, meaning when when good things happen, let's say that, uh, of course, her marriage, her baby shower, these pivotal moments that she said, look, Libby should be having these moments. But then realizing, look, if she didn't have the strength to go on, she had to for Libby. So she, I believe, obviously through Ellie and through Caleb and through her family and through you, her support system, she's able to do this and bring the memory of Libby, which will never go away. She's always there with them. Down the Hill is an award-winning book. If you would do something for me, would you read from page 251 where you talk about in all those moments? Through it all, she keeps Libby close to her heart, always with her. In all of those moments, every single moment that happens, whether it's good or it's bad, no matter what I'm going through, she's always there. And I always feel her presence right there with me, every step of the way, holding my hand, giving me a hug encouraging me to go on when I don't feel like I can. And she's right. Our loved ones never really leave us. They continue to show up again and again over the course of our lives in beautiful and often unexpected ways. I often think back to that moment in Libby's kitchen, right after I'd met the family in person for the first time. We had spotted the cardinal just outside the window, and Becky shared the picture she had snapped of two cardinals on that same branch months earlier. It seemed too meaningful to be just a stroke of serendipity. In the years since, I've seen more cardinals than ever before, or maybe I just notice them more whenever they are around. 
Usually they visit alone or in pairs, though if I'm lucky, sometimes I see three sitting together. My son and daughter still get excited whenever they see them land on the tree right outside of our back door. Whether or not the cardinals we saw that day in Libby's kitchen were visitors from heaven, I take comfort in remembering the sweet serenity of those small crimson birds huddled together to share a moment of warmth before stretching their wings wide and soaring off side by side into the sky above, ready to greet the day. I'm Cheryl McCollum, and this is Zone 7. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.